Voyage. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Bridget Cutshaw, and my stepfather was basically James Bond. This is Brigitte Cutshaw. She was just a teenager when she met a man who would have a profound impact on her life and her whole family. Right before my mother met John Luke, they, my parents got divorced. My mom was married three times by the time I was 17. So I met John Luke when I was a junior in high school. So I had an attitude anyway, because my parents had just got divorced and I've always, I've been raised around you know, the military environment. Uh, is that military brat, I like to say? Cause I am a brat, I'm kidding. Uh, so that's what it was. I was very involved in sports and did really well in school, but then my parents, you know, they got, that stuff happens. And when maybe Two or three months after, maybe three months after the divorce, I met John Luke for the first time. And then I kind of got in trouble at school because I was a cheerleader and an athlete and all that. And I got in trouble for missing some stuff for the week, you know, because of my mom's wedding. And that really made me mad, which I thought was, I can't control it. I wanted to be there and support my mother. And then my second father, the one I was still living with, he raised me basically. He... He kind of had PTSD, if you think about it. He was a Vietnam veteran. So I didn't realize this, maybe that's why the reason they, my, my mom and him got divorced. He took all that anger out on me then. And so I was supposed to help raise my sister. And that was really hard, but I finally <laughs> told him what to do because he kept telling me how much I was effing up. And I was a senior, like a senior, like I said, and I just couldn't take it anymore, so I told him what to do. And I got kicked out of the house. People don't, not many people know this. It was three months left for my graduate. I also had to stand up for myself. Sorry, I never said that word in my life, but I never. He, he told me I was fucking up. And so I said, I finally said, go fuck off. That's what I said, fuck off. And I was 17 and I just never, I just, cause I heard it all the time, but I never said it. And so that's when the next day I got kicked out of the house. I had no money, and my but my dad, the one that raised me, apologized later. But he has he just had these outbursts, and so that's why I moved out. And then I did graduate high school. I did move to North Carolina to be with my mom and John Luke. They offered. They knew I needed help. Now all I knew was that he was. Um, a 82nd Airborne Commander, but I also learned more later, I didn't understand that. When you're a kid, you don't, whatever, you know, you just don't understand that. But he went, and he was also a Ranger, Special Forces. He was very risky, but he always was really kind, and I think that's why he helped, he fell in love with my mother. Jean-Luc was the third in a line of potential father figures that had come into Brigitte's life. I think, um, Probably at my, it made me think of my high school graduation when he was there, my mother's husbands were there. My real, my biological father, 
my her second husband, the one that raised me, and then John Luke. All three of them were in the military. I never really had contact with my real dad, but he showed up to my high school graduation, probably because I was 18 and he was allowed to be, <laughs> see, I don't know all the details of all that stuff. But John Luke stood out to me. He looked like he was, he was going to protect my mother, and I could just see in his face that he was going to snap somebody. And, you know, if they, uh, there's stuff my mother never shared with us. You know, the abusiveness. I think she had to deal with the some, not physical abuse, but verbal abuse. You know, from the other husbands. So I looked like he was going to snap them. You know, I mean, that's kind of how he was just really tall. My mother was protecting us. I, should, I mean, my father passed away, but I learned later he was in prison. <laughs> and he did, he was an officer in the, in the army. And I think he embezzled money. And he was in Vietnam, but I was, it was around that time frame that I was, so that's why I never really, my mother was protecting us. So she never told us these things. He was the one that brought her to the United States. And John Luke um, was kind to everybody, but I could just see in his face that he wanted to punch <laughs> my mom's other <laughs> ex-husband. I could just see it, you know, in his face. Though they had very different life experiences, there was something both John Luke and Brigitte both did well that brought them together. He ran with me sometimes. He would help. Um, I was a really top, one of the top runners in the state of Georgia. And, and I didn't know I was running with a special forces officer sometimes. So that pushed me in, in a good way. And he, first time I ever heard this, he said, I ran like a girl and it really made me mad. You run like a girl. Duke runs better than you. You can't say that. Can we please get Duke a leash? Why not? You do. And Duke knows better than to run off. What does that even mean? Look at your arms going like that. You're burning energy. If I run like a girl, why can't you catch me, old man? Oh, old man? Aren't you like 40? I'm 34. Mm, you look 40. I do not. And I could catch you anytime I want to. I'm conserving my energy. Sure. Watch. No chance. Got you. We're home. I stopped. Knows better, huh? Duke will come back. What if he gets hit by a car? Duke is very agile. Jesus Christ. Don't blaspheme. Duke? Watch. <whistles> Duke! Well, can you see? You see? Duke speaks French. Il est gentil, Duke. You knew I was about to get past you, and I think you put him up to it as a distraction. Don't do so much with your arms. Well, I'm not 17 feet tall like you. I have to move twice as fast to go half as far. Keep your energy. It's not who starts fast in a race, it's who finishes. That's how you'll win in the end. No one's faster than me at school. Start or finish. Hmm. Sounds like something someone would say before losing. Anyone can beat anyone on any given day. Come to my track meet and find out. Can you use a stick shift? No. Why? Because I'm not always going to be around to drive you to your track meet. Well, then how am I going to get there? See that car on the other side of the street? That's a car? thought it was a really big lawn gnome. Oh, that's your really big lawn gnome. What? What? You pay for your own gas. Okay. Uh, does mom know about this? 
course. Really? She knows I got a good deal on a new-ish car. Hmm. Ish is doing a lot of work in that sentence. Well, we'll tell her when the time's right. Thank you. Don't wreck it. Never. This is my baby now. My tiny, awkward-looking baby. I won't let anything happen to her. Promise. What he did was he knew I needed a car. I didn't have a car. So he went and bought me a used Datsun B210, and he made it a stick shift. To, so he said, you got to learn how to drive a stick shift. So I had to learn. He drove me, let me drive that, taught me that, excuse me. And uh, it was it was perfect. And then, then I had to get a part-time job to help pay for, you know, gas. And, but he helped pay for my college, my first year of college as well. So I, he was kind. He just, and he also, one thing I didn't want to learn, he took me to the, on base to the, I forgot what you call it, where you, uh, the word mechanics go. He wanted to teach me how to change the oil. I said, no, I am, don't care about that. <laughs> I will drive a stick shift, but I, I don't care about changing oil. And then, uh, yeah, that, that's really what he did. The way that my mom and John Luke met, my mother was one of two people um, based at Fort Benning that could speak French. In John Luke's background, he is a uh, part French. He was born, his, he's, so he's got dual citizenship, right? And his mom married an American soldier when he was like five and brought him to the U.S. Anyway, when he was doing some special forces work, in Germany, he went to France to, to help with the special forces training. When I looked at his thing and saw that he was a draft dodger in the French government, so they arrested him. <laughs> so then they had to call the embassy, the U.S. embassy, and then they got him out, and then they decided to send him back to the U.S. So he had all this um, paperwork to deal with, to fill out. And so my mom was really one of two people that could help him in, the, in Fort Benning. And that's kind of how they met. And he chose her over the other person because she was this pretty woman. And she just was recently divorced. And they, uh, so she helped him get the paperwork. And so then he got a, you know, it was okay. They, you know, France did not know he was an American, you know. And then that was, it was just kind of funny. So that's how they met. Though John Luke had met his wife through the military, he was wary of his stepdaughter meeting a man the same way. Yeah, he was worried um, uh, about being me being around the military guys. You know, he was very, very worried about that. So he gave me talks about that and how to handle myself. And that was really awkward for me. But but he, he cared about me, right? He wanted to make sure I was safe. And But then if people knew I was his stepdaughter, you know, they wouldn't have messed with, you know what I'm saying? But he, he gave me lessons on things to look out for, how men, uh, if they're lying and things like that. And I was not expecting a conversation like that with him. It was, yeah, more about um, their, how men look at you and what they're wanting from you and, and the lie and how to pick up on lies. So, and you kind of, he, he, he said it was okay to trust your instinct too. And that's what I learned you know, mostly from him. And that's kind of why I was really particular about men I, I led into my life. I did have one guy that was stalking me that I met at college in North Carolina. I was afraid to tell John Luke because I was very afraid. And because I knew what he would do. 
I wasn't quite dating my husband yet, but I did tell him and I never, that guy never bothered me ever again. And so I don't know what he did to him, but I felt safer telling someone close to my age than this commanding guy, you know, an officer on, and the guy that was stalking me was not, he was a civilian. I knew this and this guy would just show up randomly at different places and just, it, it creaked me out. And I can just imagine being a young girl now, being on social media. We didn't have social media back then, but this, you know, guy he's somebody I met I think I was working at Wendy's like and he started stalking me wanted me to go out with him and I said no right you just kind of knew so I eventually I told my mom later she goes why didn't you tell John Luke I said because he wanted to kill me you know um I should say killed him but I just knew uh this other guy my future boyfriend was, would take care of it and he did and that's just uh just things like that i could have been raped you don't know you and that's what a lot of people don't yeah i don't know what was what his issue was right but he was obsessed with certain apparently me for some reason and that just creeped me out and i'm just glad that guy i don't ever i mean it scared the heck out of me when it, he would just randomly show up and i'm like how the heck does he know i'm here so obviously knew where I he knew where I lived and because I worked at Wendy's right and he he worked there too. Because Jean Luc was so protective, once Brigitte did have a boyfriend, boundaries were firmly set. And so I did visit at one point with my boyfriend, who's now my my husband. I will sleep. I just think it's funny. Sorry, he was always protective. He actually middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, went into the room that my boyfriend was in, make sure I wasn't in there in the middle of the night, and uh, <laughs> he would. And so, but I was still making sure I was in, in, with my sister. Just things like that. Just always very protective. And that's why men have never, I've never been worried about men doing the wrong thing with me and my sister or my my mother. And those are really the, the two main things. He was just always protective. He paid for my college the first year, which I think was amazing. And I could have had a, I had a scholarship opportunity, but I was so, tra I didn't really realize at the time, traumatized. I didn't have a counselor I should have had a counselor and if they offered it to me I, I said no but so he was trying to be a counselor to me as well and he I think uh three or four months after I moved in that's when he had to go away unexpectedly for a, a, a military assignment real <laughs> military assignment we didn't know but but that's what he does they don't tell you what you know what they're doing so I didn't understand why he had to leave but then we found out later he got a Medal of Valor, I think that's what you call it for, for what he did. He saved some people's lives. During 9-11, he disappeared for six months. He spoke Arabic, think about it. He was special forces, so we don't know. He was living in DC at the time, and so that was like fun, like, oh gosh. So all he said, I'll be fine. And he was back six months later, so we don't know what he did. He's the first stable man in my life. The one that Ray, I could say that raised me, actually adopt, he said he adopted us, but my brother and I found out later it wasn't, it was, wasn't true until we were older. He was, he was a Vietnam veteran. He had the Purple Heart. He got shot. So he had, but back then they didn't talk about that. And he wasn't very stable. I never really had a stable role model for, for a father. And John Luke was the one that we needed. And he knew that. I think because one thing that John Luke had in common with me and my brother, he didn't know who his, he didn't have contact with his biological father either. So that's, um, he admired his, when his mom married, hit the American soldier. 
who was a helicopter pilot, he wanted to be just like him. And that's why he went and joined the Army. Actually went and got into West Point. And he was very stable. That's what I needed in my life. And I didn't realize it. That's why he took us in. Oh, I did have an accident, by the way. He was pissed off at me with my uh, car that he bought me, by the way. Sorry. Are you hurt? My neck hurts. A lot or a little? Uh, medium? Are you mad? Yes. You're not supposed to say that. You had it for less than a year. Of course I'm mad. Maybe we can fix it. Ah, look at this. It's finished. Ah, putain. Merde. I know what those words mean. <sighs> Come, we'll go home. What about the car? <laughs> well, the car is dead. Good luck getting another one. I'm never driving again, am I? We'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Are you still mad? Yes, I'm still mad. Okay. Thank you for coming. I was going to have Mom come, but she couldn't make it. I didn't know you were back. Mom said she didn't know where you went. Can I guess? China? Russia? Iran. I was in Granada. Stop talking. It wasn't my fault. I turned on the blinker and the car in front of me was supposed to go and they didn't. And Don't say that. It wasn't. When you do something wrong, own it. <sighs> okay. I turn off the radio. Sorry. I don't think I had it for maybe less than a year. He goes, well, you gotta go. Good luck, find another car. That's kind of what he told me. Jean-Luc was Americanized in some ways, but in other ways remained very European. And then we went to the beach and he would wear this terrible, oh, well, you shouldn't call it a bikini, but you know, what do you call them when men wear those little tight, <laughs> but I was mortified. But he was showing off his body, how, I mean, he was very, I mean, he was unusually strong. And the funniest thing was the first battle, I shouldn't call it a battle, that was when I was first, first started college. My mother um, came home and there was a note on her, on their pillow saying, I'm sorry, I love you and I gotta go. And I'm not sure when I'm gonna be back. That was that, uh, it's called the um, Operation Urgent Fury, if you've heard about that in Grenada. When Brigitte met her future husband, the lessons imparted from Jean-Luc served her well. When I was in like my sophomore year in college, and my, I met my future husband, first time I met him, he, he actually, my, my husband is similar to John Luke, which is kind of funny. If they have some similar characteristics, and I think that is what I picked up, un, unconscious, I mean, you know. But um, the uh, I went to, a, I was, got invited to a party to go, I wanted to go, I like this other guy, and he was gonna be there, and that other guy, Kurt, he introduced me to Carl, and he and, and then he just smiled at me the whole time. And then some guy was hitting on me at this party. It was like being a girl is a pain in the ass, I'm telling you. And it was hitting on me. And so Carl came over. He he said he saw that I was uncomfortable. I mean, and then he put his arm around me and told this guy to leave me alone because I was his wife. 
and that's who that guy left me alone. And then I went, okay, I'm leaving now because I thought, I didn't know, you know, it, it's, so I went straight home and I, I didn't tell John Luke about all this. I just was a, I didn't want to share too much with him, but um, he asked me how the party was and I said, it was just fine because you're home early. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't tell him that I, you know, these guys are, Carl was protecting me. He wasn't hitting on, I didn't, but I didn't know him. And then I saw him again later, but John Luke knew Carl. They knew each other because they were on, you know, on base, 82nd Airborne. So they, they knew they were, he was okay. John Luke was okay with him. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up, old man. I'll see you at the finish. You run any slower and I won't be able to see you at all. I'm 64. I should be taking a nap. I didn't put a gun to your head. No one else would want to run with you. I can run by myself. Not while I'm here. I'm not going to take it easy on you. You better not. Are you doing okay? Yes. You need anything? Like what? Anything. Oh, I'm all right. Your husband's still being good to you? Always. Are the boys okay? Yes. They're good. The hockey is good. We'll make the little one tough. Well, I think so, too. Good. Very good. Why are you asking? I just wanted to know if you need anything. Are you okay? Me? I'm great. Okay. I've got you right where I want you. Prepare to be left in the dust. You want to stop? What for? Oh, you look tired. <laughs> you wish I look tired. <laughs> Last laugh. Oh, if, if you need a break, then sure. Okay. For me, I, I need the break. If you insist. Daddy, run like an old fart now. Yes, he he died unexpectedly at home working out, had a heart attack. He um 64. My mother was there, but I think he because his special forces training, I think he was ignoring symptoms. You're built, you're gotta just push through stuff. And they said he had a heart attack, but the just what they were describing, the symptoms, was more like a stroke. Do you know what I'm saying? Because uh, he was he was not able to even talk. Because when you have a heart attack, you can talk, right? So my mother had to do CPR. And anyway, that was a scary. We always thought uh, my mother's older was older than him. So we all you know we always thought even John Luke she would be the one to to go first. So that's when I learned so much more about him. And the last thing we ever you know, I mentioned what we ran together. And the last thing I ever did with him uh, was we ran here. We ran together. And um, he, like I said, he used to joke that I ran like a girl. And the last thing I said to him is you run like an old fart now because I was, because <laughs> he was older than me. The fog of Jean-Luc's past, shrouded in secrecy, began to lift after his death. At the Benny's Wake. You ever heard of it? Benny's Wake is what they have for... I don't know if it's specific to West Point graduates, but we had a, a, a party after the, should I say party? He had a special forces service, a funeral on base. And then we met all of us, a lot of the guys that he graduated with showed up. And it's been over 40 years since he, you know, graduated. And they, um, they shared some funny stories and on how they all met. He was just rowdy and partier, believe it or not. But he protected girls. And... That's why I learned, and that's why I got the idea. I got to share this in a story for, format, and that's why I wrote that book. 
And that's when I learned about all the stuff he did and all the dangerous, some of the dangerous stuff that he did. And that's why he had told me at one point, if anything ever happened to him or my mom to not tell the media who my parents were. And that's why I'm like, what are you doing? Right. And this is before he was a grandparent, right? Before we started having kids. And But this stuff has been going on for many years, but he's just been, just keeps it to himself. And he's just very stoic. Maybe that's was very, very stoic, but always did the right thing. That's what was the most important to him was doing the right thing. And it wasn't about power, right? He wanted to help truly help other people. And this, and I became good friends with Harry Shaw, the gentleman he that got his legs blown off in uh, Grenada. He, John Luke, this, he's why he's here. John Luke went in this building. He was reporting to, to, to John Luke. It was just all kinds of unexpected stuff, but they just had these wonderful things to say about him. And I can contact any of his, all his West Point cadets, or should I say cadets, classmates. They're like, I'm their stepdaughter now, <laughs> because that's kind of how, it's the long, I'm talking the long gray line. I actually got a um, tour of West Point. I didn't want to do the touristy stuff. They actually, one of the instructors brought me in so I could see everything to understand. It's just amazing what they've done and what, I really wanted to just honor what these guys do and people don't appreciate it. I don't think they really truly understand. And he was always so, like I said, very stoic and kind. And he was worried about my mom and always made sure she had, my mom's not a good driver, by the way. Sorry, mom. But um, he made sure she got one of the vehicles that first hauled that the detectors on the the signals on the, on the car. Just, let's just make sure everyone's okay. And just, he, he had all these accounts he opened up for all of his grandchildren so that they can get the money when they're 22. Obviously, they're reinvesting them. But just, he always, he put everybody else first, not him. We asked Brigitte to share with us John Luke's career accomplishments. This is what she sent. After his death, we learned that John Luke received numerous awards while on active duty. This guy was a badass. Most people would have these awards displayed on their wall, but he didn't. The awards include the Legion of Merit, the Bronze Star for Valor, the Bronze Star for Achievement, the Defense Meritorious Service Medal, the Joint Service Commendation Medal, an Army Commendation, and numerous campaign service ribbons. Jean-Luc was a West Point graduate, an Army Ranger officer, an 82nd Airborne Commander, a special forces officer. He worked for the Defense Language Institute in national security affairs. He was fluent in Arabic and Arab relations. He was a PSYOPs officer at psychological operations. He was a defense attache assigned to different U.S. embassies in Africa. He had natural diplomacy skills. Being an attache puts your life at risk to get information. These are the only things we are publicly aware of. Jean-Luc served in Operation Urgent Fury, aka Granada in 1983, and he served in Operation Desert Storm, the Gulf War, and was personally responsible for the safety of the Emir of Kuwait toward the end of the invasion in 1991. True War Stories, Mission Report, is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by Nat Mundell, Robert Midas, and Dan Benamore. This episode, My Father the Spy, 
was written, directed, and produced by Dan Benamore, based on the novel Expecting the Good, Inspiration from a Badass with a Big Heart, by Brigitte Cutshaw, with a foreword written by retired U.S. Army General Keith M. Huber. The novel is available on Amazon. A link is in the show notes. Starring Jonathan Regier as Jean-Luc and Carolina Bonetti as Brigitte. Edited, sound designed, and mixed by John Higgins. Original music by Darlis Gonzalez. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening and subscribe now for future episodes.